There's a force in all of us that science knows nothing about, the force of fear. Welcome, everyone, to Induced Fear. I am your host, Oscar, and I have with me, as always, my brother from the same mother, Alex. Wait, we have the same mom? Yeah. Yeah, we do. Okay. Reset I didn't it, want to bring it up it. here, but... That. I didn't know that. I, I, was, I, I didn't okay. see that in the script. It's okay. We're not going to restart it again. Okay, let's go. Just say hi. <laughs> hi. Hi, All right. There we go. Uh, well, we're back. We're back at it again. Man, it's been after, so long. Yeah, after a really, really, really <clears throat> long time. <laughs> what, since Halloween is when I put out the last episode? Yeah. <clears throat> but yes, we are back and we're coming with, I think, an awesome topic for an episode. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I like it. Yeah, and this is Mexican monsters. So, so... Legendary beasts and cryptids and just legends in general. From Mexico. From Yeah, from the Mexican region. <clears throat> and we have a total of, I don't know, like five or six. I know some people had questions. We'll, we'll answer those towards the end. But I will jump in with our first one. And it is Huechivo. Which is just the Mexican goat man. I really tried to pick something that wasn't something everybody knew about. Yeah, like common. And then it just, yeah, and then it just turned out to be a Mexican version of a goat man. <laughs> That's all right. It's a new uh, new take <laughs> on it, though. <clears throat> yeah. So it's way chivo and also has another name, which is Mexican goat man. And then another name, which is Weya. Um, it is described as a bipedal human-animal hybrid uh, with black fur, a human torso, legs of a goat, any type of like hooved animal, really, it says legs of, mm. and then a goat head with horns, which is always awesome. Hmm. Uh, with many of these that we're probably going to talk about, this is going to be located in the Yucatan Peninsula. Um, when I was looking things up, it said that there could possibly be a population of under a hundred. I don't know where they get that from. I don't know where, where they get the in idea. Yucatan? Yeah, or just I don't know if it means just for the Mexican <clears throat> goat men or goat men in general. Oh, okay. Wait, there's a hundred of the Mexican goatmen. That's what I'm. That's what I don't under, understand. Oh. <laughs> I don't know how they get a population. I don't know how they got a population count. Yeah, <laughs> just a little <laughs> town of them. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's not it's just. It's just weird looking people in their own little village. Yeah, someone just called him. You look. Someone just told him you look like a goat and just put it on freaking <laughs> Wikipedia. Yeah, that's probably what happened. Oh, <laughs> uh, but the first sighting was was actually during pre-Hispanic times, which is before everything kind of settled there. And it says the name comes from 
a Maya and Spanish mix way, which means sorcerer or like an animal familiar. Okay. Um, there's a lot of ancient Maya hieroglyphics that actually describe many different versions of like these shapeshifters, these uh, wayas. Um, and then chivo just means goat. Okay, so, so <clears throat> is it a shapeshifter as well? Yeah, it's some type of shapeshifter, some type of sorcerer. They well, they really they the goat man first popped up. I think around when the goat first got introduced into Mexico by the Spanish. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking they saw this new animal and. Because they saw the Spanish as, like, bad people. They mixed the two and two together, you know? Okay, okay yeah. <clears throat> that makes sense. So, like, yeah, they they, they blamed Wechivo on, on mysterious deaths of lots of their animals. Like, a lot of, like, farm animals. Um, many people also think this could have been, like, the Chupacabra or the, the Aztec Nagul. Which is just another type of like shapeshifter. Yeah. Yeah. And that shapeshifter, the Aztec Nagul, is like a feline looking dog, so almost looking like a chupacabra. That one in our in our list when we were picking <clears> him? <throat> uh yeah, the Nagul, yeah. Okay. I should have picked that one. That sounds cool. <laughs> Yeah, but then we would have had like two stories of yeah. Of <laughs> we would have. There were so many to choose from, though. <laughs> there was. There was a lot. I literally uh, just picked the ones I thought sounded cool. <clears throat> yeah, so there's because there's so many like monsters in the area, and they all kind of exist during these ancient like Aztec or Maya times. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of overlapping. So you have Wechivo, then people think, "Oh no, it's not Wechivo. It's." The Chupacabra or the Nagul. Yeah. Um but what we what you had what you had asked earlier about it being a shapeshifter, there's also there's actually a process to become Wechivo. Okay. Or a Wechivo. Um so in order to become this shapeshifter, who channels um evil evil energy, like dark magic. Hmm. Uh, you have to actually take off your own head. You have to decapitate so you remove, yourself? Yeah. You have to take off your own head, leave it in your house before the transformation begins. And one thing that I learned is that a, the this sorcerer is always a man. It's never a woman. It's always a man. I didn't make the rules. So nobody get mad at me on that. But yeah, you have to take off your head, leave it in your house, and then you transform into Wechivo, which is kind of crazy. Uh, that's uh, yeah, that's a big uh, big risk if it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You you just have to remove your head, hope that you don't <laughs> die, <laughs> and then and then you uh. And then you become this goat man, this Mexican goat man. Okay, so they're they're literally choosing to be this thing. Yeah, they 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 make they make the choice. They they have to channel evil energy, make pact with the devil, what have you, all that good 
nonsense yeah to become the mexican goat man okay and he doesn't necessarily kill people i guess he'll kill animals and and things like that but he doesn't kill people mm-hmm. he only brings like sickness so he'll make people sick and ill okay so he's like pestilence yeah yeah i guess so I guess when you're bringing all that negative kind of like energy to become something, yeah, it's going to affect all around you. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, but he also has a bad odor, smells like sickness, so that's when people know that he's around. Is because they smell this really terrible smell, which I think kind of goes with like every every. Um, cryptid there's always like this bad smell that accompanies them i never even thought of the smell of a cryptid because <laughs> they say that with bigfoot a lot bigfoot always has like this really bad bo this really bad body odor yeah that makes sense so we yeah, have a giant ape thing in the in the forest sweating all the time yeah <laughs> doesn't do, um, don't they use bigfoot as a deodorant Commercial? Uh, yeah, there's like a Bigfoot brand. <laughs> oh, Dr. Squatch. Yeah, that's what it is. Dr. Squatch is what it is. Yeah. Um, but I actually have an encounter for Wechivo. And mm-hmm. my encounter comes from um, the Mexican Monsters, a book called Mexican Monsters, The Cryptids and Legendary Creatures of Mexico. Uh, by Robert Beetle. Okay. Um, so it reads here. In 2013. Which is really. Really recent. Yeah, I guess for an encounter. Not far away. Uh, it says William. Amesquita. Uh, then 57 years old. Told his weight chivo story. To the Yucatan based. News service. And it says in here, William saw the creature when he was a little boy in the 1960s. He grew up in the neighborhood of uh, Xoclan in the city of Madrid, the capital of Mexico State, Yucatan. Back then, the neighborhood was near the outskirts of town, and the local children would play in an area where where there were caves near an old convent. Parents of the children cautioned them to stay away from this area, especially at night. It's always at night. Uh, Because there were strange creatures lurking about. One night, William was walking on a deserted road near the convent. And he heard something that seemed like a galloping horse. He turned around and came face to face with a bizarre animal heading toward him. It was... It was what appeared to be an upright bull running down the road like a man. The young William jumped into some bushes on the side of the road to avoid being run over by the creature, who just kept running down the road. When the little boy got home, he told his mother told him that he had encountered a wechivo. And that's like, that's a short, I feel very like- short. There's not a lot of encounters, but it's a very short kind of like, you see this creature for a brief instance, it runs right past you, and that's kind of it. 
I feel like that happens a lot with cryptids and, 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 uh, paranormal stuff. Like, it almost doesn't even recognize us. Like, it seems like yeah, none is- of these big monsters want anything to do with us. You would think they just tear us to bits. <clears throat> like, <laughs> no, imagine if that tear. thing did, did actually stop. When it saw him. Oh, like, that'd be a whole different story. Yeah. yeah. Then he wouldn't be able to share the story. Yeah, like he wouldn't have been alive to tell the story. I think it would have torn him to bits. <laughs> Luckily, it just kept on trucking. Yeah. But it's always, I think a lot of these stories also come from the fact that like parents just telling their kids not to do something at night to kind of keep them safe. Yeah. Don't go near this area because really, do you want kids playing in caves when you're not yeah. there to see them? So, I mean, you just tell them there's a monster lurking about. What's funny is even like without a monster in a cave, I'd still be nervous. Be like, there's like a a freaking some kind of insect or animal in there that's poisonous or dangerous, you know? And I don't know, and I can't see. So I wouldn't want to go in there anyways, but no, probably would. I'd try to collect some stuff. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, knowing. But if I was younger, I wouldn't. (laughs) I'd be scared of that alone. No, we were we were scaredy cats when we were little. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah they definitely like made it worse by saying there's a big monster in there. Then yeah, I wouldn't go nowhere near it. I'd be terrified. Yeah, and I also like the fact that he doesn't really see like a goat man. He saw like a bull yeah. man, <laughs> but it still kind of goes in with the. With the theory that it's just some shape-shifting sorcerer. Yeah, it makes it sound more beastly as well. Yeah. Like, if you saw a small goat man running at you, you'd be freaked out, but you could probably take it if you really tried. But, like, a big-ass bull, you wouldn't... couldn't do nothing. Yeah. (laughs) No. (laughs) No. Uh, There was... There's also some where people say they transform into, like, some type of deer. Also. So, I think it's mainly, like, hooved animals. Yeah. Uh, Seems like it. But, yeah, that's that's basically the way Chivo for you. That's <clears throat> okay. short and sweet. Kind of get, get yeah, to like know it. the Mexican goat man. Now, for another one, I have... The Black Demon. Man, it's Demonio Negro. Um, and this one's short. It's basically um, just a 35 plus foot long shark. Like a giant shark. Really? Yeah. <clears throat> wow, I did not expect that when you said Black Demon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because uh, mainly when people have sighted it throughout all the generations of fishermen, it's just this giant black shadow in the water. See, I was thinking shadow. I was thinking, like, someone, everybody sees this, just a shadowy figure somewhere. <clears throat> I didn't think it was in the water, though. Yeah, it was located in the in the Sea of Cortez, uh, known as the Gulf of California. Um, first sighted in the 20th century, so really not too far. In the past. Um, apparently on a boat. Um, there were like some Spanish. 
was it Spanish? I hope I'm not messing it up. But I think it was some Spaniards and then um, uh, some some of the indigenous Maya there. And they, the Maya pointed to the, to the water and said, shock, which is just XOC is how it's spelled. And that meant just giant fish, which then became the word we know now as shark. So shock, shark. So I thought that was a pretty. I thought that was a little fun fact. That yeah, that's that's crazy how they got it from uh, just someone saying you know big fish basically. Yeah, yeah, and that's big, a word big, that we now we now have today. <laughs> and many many generations of fishermen told tales of of a black demon as a giant aggressive shark that would capsize boats. It ate whales. And then would swallow like sea lions in a single bite. And there were some crazy numbers, like it weighed fifty to a hundred thousand pounds. Mm-hmm. Which again, I don't know if you've never caught this thing. I don't know how you would you would get get its weight. Yeah. Um, but basically, it's described as two to three times bigger than a great white. I think some even described it bigger than a megalodon. Bigger? I was thinking. I was. I was literally thinking it was probably the last of a megalodon, um, and they just didn't realize it. Yeah, it probably could have been because in that area uh, where it's located, there are tons of sharks. So yeah. many sharks. Um, actually, uh, um, Monster Quest. Mm-hmm. You remember that show, right? Yeah. They actually did an episode. On it, and they they called it something big jaws or something jaws, something like that. Okay. Uh, but they went out there. They didn't find anything, but still they went out to the location, heard all the stories of fishermen saying, "Yeah, it's this big giant shark. All you see is this black shadow, and then your boat is capsized, or you know, a whale is dead, and that's basically it with the black demon. No, no real proof." I guess with like most things, but no yeah. real proof has ever been found of. That of sort it. of sounds um, how we were saying, like if a hunter sees a bear, he's like, okay, that's a bear. But if like someone who's never seen a bear in person sees a bear, they're like, what the hell is that? And their yeah. imagination yeah. sort of exaggerates it. I feel like that's what happened here. They just seen a really big ass shark, and they exaggerated the story. Yeah, I mean, you remember when we first saw like giant crows? We were like, "That's yeah. not a normal crow. That's way too big." Yeah, it's we're like, like "That thing's else. massive." <laughs> but now it's just normal. You see it all the time. It's normal. Yeah, I still love seeing them, but, but yeah, it's it's normal to us now. Yeah, <clears throat> but that's basically it from. For Black Demon on that one. I mean, okay. it's a it's a fisherman's tale. Yeah. So not much to it. See, that's another that thing, were, though, is, is cool. the fact that it was a fisherman. Like the hu- whole hunter thing. If a hunter seen a bear and he's like, that bear's way too big. 
then you know for a fact that bear is way too big because it's a hunter. He's familiar with these animals. If a fisherman told uh, a yeah. story about a big shark and he's saying that shark is way too big, it, it has more uh, weight to it when he says it. Yeah, no, I get you with that one. That does make sense. <clears throat> But yeah, but yeah those, those are my first. Those are my first two. Okay. There. Should I get into mine now? All right. So mine is. Uh, God, forgive me, guys. The more Mexican listeners, I know you guys are probably laughing at us. Chop this. But uh, <clears throat> mine is Alux and Chaneke. Um. Sounds good to me. Now the reason these are together is because they're. A lot of sort of the same thing. They're just sort of, you know, a different way of saying it, I guess. I'll read them both just so, uh, you know, everybody else can decide whether or not they're the same. But an alux is a type of sprite or spirit in the mythological tradition of certain Maya people. And they are from... The Yucatan Peninsula, the same. And uh, Guatemala. And their size is super small. They are sort of known as the Mexican, like, elves. Like, almost like a, a monstrous elf sort of thing. They're small, only about a knee high. About knee high, not a knee. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> appearance they're resembling miniature traditionally dressed Maya people so at this point it honestly sounds like it's just small people again and someone yeah. just thought they were weird looking and posted it on wiki <laughs> but uh oh, what they do going, we is... actually what was that i said before you keep going we actually had gotten a question mm-hmm Based on one of the pictures that I shared. Okay. And it says, it says, why do they have a big nose like that? Speaking of, of what you were talking about. And and I guess you just answered that question there. Basically, they're like an elf-like creature. So um, they got exaggerated features. Yeah. Because there's a statue that's based off of them. And the statue, I guess, is, is you see the big nose. The descriptions, yeah. you don't really, uh, they don't really emphasize that too much. But uh, uh, another sort of <laughs> uh, mythical creature or entity that they're similar to is leprechauns. Also, I think it was um, goblins as well was another one. Okay. But the tradition holds that the Aluks are generally invisible, but are able to assume physical form for purposes of communicating with and frightening humans as well as to congregate, they are generally associated with natural features such as forests, caves, stones, and fields, but can also be enticed to move somewhere through offerings. They're also similar to leprechauns in the fact that they play uh, they play tricks on, on people as well. Some uh, story that I found on them is, uh, or real quick, they um, some Maya believe... They're called into being when a farmer builds a little house on his property, most often in a maize field, which is corn. 
And then for the story, it says for seven years, Dalux will help the, cro- the corn grow, summon rain, and patrol the fields at night, whistling to scare off predators or crop thieves. Which makes them sound pretty cool. Um, yeah. And then at the end of seven years, the farmers must close the windows and doors of the little house, sealing the Alux inside. But if they don't do that, if they don't close everything down, the Alux will run wild and start playing tricks on people. So basically, it's kind of like when you have a Ouija board, you have to say goodbye, right? Yeah, yeah. What were the what were the negatives if you don't say bye? Like that welcomes spirits to enter your house or something like that? Yeah, you just leave a door open so then yeah. it just can run amok. Yeah, so that's basically how these guys work. Um. That's what sort of makes them a, a, a nuisance, I guess, is just if you don't, you know, follow through with what you, what you called them for, uh, if you don't finish the right way, then yeah, they become little pranksters. <laughs> but for the Lukes, that's pretty much it. Um, let me get into the Chineke since it's really similar, but I do want to touch on it. Um, okay. They were called the Chineke by Aztecs. They are legendary creatures in Mexican folklore, of course. That's why we're talking about them. That's why we're doing it. Um, Chineke means those who inhabit dangerous places or the owners of the house. And they are conceived of as small sprite-like beings, elemental forces, and guardians of nature. So... The reason they're similar to the Alux is because they're small, sprite-like beings. And then the Alux, obviously, are called into being to help grow, you know, the corn and call the rains. Um, and then the Chineke are elemental forces and guardians of nature. So, sort of the same, uh, you know, powers and abilities. Yeah. Another, I guess, mythical being... That are common to these guys, to both of them, is the duende. Um, they're all basically the same thing. When you look this stuff yeah. up, it says duendes, uh, Ale- alux, and cheneke. Yeah, but, I think that's also similar to yeah. the little people, like little people for like yeah. native stories. So, here's a story on... The Chineke. It says okay. in some contemporary legends, Chinekes are described as children with the face of old men or women, which kind of makes them freaky. Uh, that <laughs> that make people go stray during three or seven days, after which the victims cannot recall anything that happened, although it is thought that they were taken by the Chinekes to their home in the underworld. Also known as, I'm going to chop this one for sure, Miklan, Miklan, or, I'm not even going to try that one, honestly. Chikanao <laughs> uh, Miklan. All right, sounds good that, to me. That was less as good as it's getting, honestly. <laughs> Through the entrance in a dry kapok tree. Uh, in other cases, these beings attack intruders frightening them so that their soul abandons their body. 
If the victim does not recover their soul through a specific ritual, they become ill and die soon after. So, honestly, there's so many similarities that I see in these guys. Um, <clears throat> even something as simple as the three to seven days, right? It literally says yeah. all Lukes are there for seven days. Um, and then they frighten, they attack intruders and frighten them. That's the same as the Aluks, like making noises and scaring off, um, you know, thieves and stuff. These guys just seem a little more aggressive considering their, uh, their victims can die if they don't go through the proper uh, ritual to get their soul back. Mm-hmm. Imagine being scared so bad your soul leaves your body, though. I guess I would be, like, scared to death. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it also says they attack their victims. So I don't know how they go about that. Just beating the shit out of people, I guess. But, um, yeah, yeah that's, that's the Chaneke. Alux and Chaneke. That's cool. It's always good to get some, like, type of duendes. Yeah. story in there i know a lot of people have like all over the world there's like fairy creatures and i think they kind of fall in line to that same type of same type of creature yeah yeah definitely because i mean leprechaun you know goblins yeah and i think the whole building of a house for them in an area kind of resembles some type of fairy stories at least that's what i thought mm-hmm. but yeah i think those were super super interesting little yeah. guys yeah so like i said they're they're very very similar um alux just seems like it's a little a little nicer because it helps grow all the stuff and then the chineka just seem like they scare people off <clears throat> but uh yeah they're really cool um another one i want to read about is um more so just a really cool place um is the mummies of Guanajuato. Pretty sure I said that right. Guanajuato. Um, so what these are is they are a number of naturally mummified bodies interred during a cholera outbreak, which I actually didn't look up what cholera is, but I'm assuming some kind of disease that um, was around Guanajuato, Mexico, in 1833. So the human bodies appear to have been um, disinterred by between 1870 and 1958. During that time, a local tax was in place requiring a fee to be paid for perpetual burial. Some bodies for which the tax was not paid were disinterred. I'm pretty sure. Am I saying that right or wrong? Disinterred. Uh, yeah, disinterred. Okay. Disinterred. <laughs> yeah. Now, now I'm questioning it. Okay. Right, I'm just going to say disinterred. And some, apparently those in the best condition, were stored in a nearby building. The climate of Guanajuato provides an environment which can lead to a type of natural mummification, which is why it says naturally mummified bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Although scientific studies later revealed that some bodies had been at least partially embalmed. So, so by help. by the 1900s, the mummies actually began attracting tourists. So the cemetery workers began charging people a few pesos 
to enter the building where bones and mummies were stored. So these guys literally were like, everybody wants to see these, these, uh, you know, naturally mummified bodies. Like it's so intriguing to everybody. And so they just sort of started collecting for it. Um, yeah, I mean, I would do the same. <laughs> yeah, it's smart. You know, if, if you could sell it, you know, sell it. Yeah. Uh, this place was subsequently turned into a museum called El Museo de las Momias, the Museum of the Mummies, in 1969. As of 2007, 59 mummies were on display of a collection that totals 111. Ooh. So this is an actual place. Like when I looked it up to do the research, this is what popped up was the, you know. Yeah, it, when I looked it up, it popped up a Google. Yeah, the actual like place on, on maps. Yeah. So I thought that's, that's super cool. It'd be a really interesting place to check out all the mummies. Yeah, and from the, what the pictures, the pictures that I saw, it looks like it's just a hallway of mummies in a glass case. Yeah, and there's also so, I mean, there's so many different mummies, but there's so many pictures. If you guys just look it up, um, let me get the actual name. Yeah, yeah, it looked really awesome. I guess it's just, um, I think it's just the name Mummies of. Oh. A museum of the mummies of Guanajuato. I'm assuming that's okay. what it is because it cuts off on of. Okay. But just look up mummies of Guanajuato, and there's fifty three thousand, almost fifty four thousand, just pictures of all these guys. Yeah, like they're, there's they're so like, much in this museum. It looks crazy, and it's a creepy little hallway. Like just like I said, you're walking down a hallway. Of mm -hmm. just glass cases, and it's kind of dim, right? The only light is like right there above. Yeah, yeah, the above lights the look really dim. So it's this dark hallway full of mummies. It really it looks. I mean, it looks super interesting. I yeah, so if you're in Mexico, one day go check maybe. it out. I don't know if I want to go back to Mexico anytime soon, but yeah, <laughs> it'd be a cool place to visit for sure. Yeah, if you're in Mexico, check it out. Send us pictures. <laughs> Let me let my cat in real quick because he's okay. meowing at the door. Yeah, if anybody has actually gone to this museum, let us know as well how it, how it was and all that. I'd love to know. You're interrupting our episode, but that's okay. Reminds me of Kate Shaw. Her cat always interrupts. Um, but that's all I got, brother. All right. Well, I have I have one more here. Okay. If you're ready to hear it, it's a pretty lengthy one. I'll try to get through it. Yeah, let's hear it. it. Is, I'm excited. It is Shetabe, which is spelled X-T-A-B-A-Y. Hopefully, I'm not butchering that. Um, other names are the Jungle Witch, Utskoled, and the Sakam Witch. Okay. Uh, I'm already interested uh, in this one. Uh, she's described as like a demon woman, like with any other type of scary woman creature they have the long she has the long black hair uh she wears a white dress and she has the black eyes just like la llorona in that way mm -hmm. yeah um she's also located in the yucatan peninsula and then southern mexico hers comes back way far behind in pre-hispanic times possibly in 200 bc wow 
Yeah. It says that this demonic creature lurks in the forest near the the Seba tree, which is a really sacred tree uh, to the Mayans, especially, but just it's a like a link to the underworld, the afterlife, right? Okay. So this creature leaks near leaks lurks near that that tree and will sometimes be above it or be at the base of it as a snake. Um, and she'll also nowadays be in rural locations and she lures men. It's always the scary woman luring men, but I guess with La Llorona, it's with kids mainly. Yeah. But she lures men in and she's almost like a siren. She's calling them towards them. She's supposed to look like incredibly beautiful. Then she has sex with them and kills them. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She what does she gain from this? To if if this person is married and they break, you know, their loyalty to their wife by having sex with another woman, then their punishment is death because okay. that was a test. If they turn her away, then fine. I was going to ask, has anybody ever, like, shut her down? <laughs> like, nah, thanks, yeah. I'm good. <laughs> but that's when she turns into, like, this snake and she'll kill them. Like, when they're bad or when they turn her down? When, no, when when uh, when uh they're bad and they, they cheat on their wives. Mm, okay, makes sense. They deserve it. Yeah, so that's what she does. But the story goes, goes back to... Now, I'm going to butcher a lot of these names, but this is, like, um, her story. On how she came about. And if you can hear all that crinkling in the background, I'm sorry. The cat is just rubbing himself against things and trying to knock stuff down, as you can hear. <laughs> I don't hear nothing, so I think you're good. Hopefully it's not picked up on the mic. Yeah. Sorry for the people who have come back to a new episode after many months, and it's just being derailed by a little kitten. But <laughs> there, the story is of two equally beautiful women... Uh, Shkeban and Utskolel. Uh, they lived in a village uh, in the Yucatan Peninsula. Sometimes in stories it's said that they are sisters. Uh, Shkeban was treated poorly by her community and her promiscuous behavior, while Utskolel was considered virtuous and and she remained celibate. So she stayed a virgin. While the other one was very promiscuous. Okay. The people of the village planned to exile Skiban, but decided to allow her to remain in order to further humiliate her. Despite her ill treatment, she tended to she tended to the poor, the sick, and the animals in need. In contrast to Skiban, Utkolel was cold-hearted, believed that she was superior to those around her, especially to those socially below her. But despite their their real personalities, Utskola was adored by all the people in the town because of her her celibacy. Because she was a virgin, all the cruel things that she did, her cruel personality was overlooked. Several days after Escobar's uh, death, the townspeople discovered her body gu- guarded by animals and surrounded by fragrant flowers. The homeless and the poor, who she helped during her life held a funeral for her, and soon afterwards a mysterious, sweet-smelling flower grew from her grave. And it was like a metamorphosis. Like, she became this this glorious flower. Mm-hmm. And it 
this flower itself, like it, it is completely defenseless. So it doesn't have any thorns on it to protect itself. And it's because she felt like a defenseless human. She did yeah. so much for other people, even though she was looked down upon. Yeah. Utkalel um, believed that her dead body would smell better than Shkaban's. <laughs> what a weird, what a weird thing to want to be. I know. Your sister in. Like, <laughs> if I was dead, I'd smell better. What the freak? Yeah. <laughs> That's so random. Um, but she thought she would smell better because she was more pure in the virginity sense, not in her soul. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. she was a really bad person. But however, her dead body had an unbearable smell. <laughs> the entire town gathered for her funeral and they would put flowers around her grave and they would disappear the next day. She mm-hmm. became a fla- uh, a foul-smelling flower called the uh, Tzakam Cactus, huh. which is where you also get the Tzakam Witch name. Mm-hmm. She prayed to evil spirits who fulfilled her desires to become a woman again, so that she might, too, become a beautiful flower in death. But, incapable of love and motivated only by jealousy and rage, she became instead the demon Shatabe. Okay. Outwardly a beautiful woman on the outside, but inside cruel and predatory of heart. And that's how Dude, this I demon love came this to be. Story. <laughs> like, if this was a movie, it'd be great. This is a really good one. Yeah, and I, it's really hard to find actual encounters. There were some, again, one man, one man had said that he, it was mainly just a story of, because a dead person isn't going to really tell the story. Yeah. But it was a man, he was walking home drunk. He was being lured by this demon creature trying to get him to cheat on his wife. And he said, no, (laughs) (laughs) but he, he, I mean, he was drunk, so he believed it to be Shitabe. Okay. I mean, good man regardless. Yeah. Even drunk, he didn't cheat on her. Yeah, so he survived. Um, I guess the people who didn't are dead and they can't tell their story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good uh, good analysis there. <laughs> but yeah, I really, I really like this story because it was, again, it's the classic woman in white with long hair and black eyes. Mm-hmm. But it is this uh, really older story than La Llorona. Yeah. And I love the whole background of it. Yeah, no, this might, it, might be one of my favorite ones we've we've done. I really like this. And again, story it's a it. it's another it's another tale of like be careful. Or, or while La Llorena is like for kids, like don't do this, don't go near this water, mm-hmm. what have you. It's like for men, don't go lurking in these woods drunk. Yeah, and cheat on your wife. <laughs> but also, it's like teaching you not to really judge people. Based on just how they look or things they oh, do yeah. in life, you know? Yeah. Because um, even someone who doesn't make the best choices can be a better person in general than, you know, someone who's so-called pure. Yeah, because the pure one in this story was the one who looked down on everybody and thought she was better. Yeah. While the one who was looked down upon was the one who took care of all of the homeless and poor people. Mm-hmm. And she became the beautiful flower, flower, while the other one became a demon. Yeah. Well, cactus first, and then a demon. Yeah, a smelly cactus. <laughs> <laughs> she must have been so mad. She's like, I could smell better than my sister when I die. Yeah. <laughs> Just this freaking raunchy ass cactus. But yeah, that was yeah. that was the story of of the jungle witch. 
Nice. Stabe. I'm pretty sure I could smell better than you if I died. Probably. <laughs> Probably. But yeah, are those all of our? Those are those all of our tales. Yeah. yeah, that's all we got. I mean, there's tons to choose from, but we're at a almost an hour, pretty much. Yeah, we do have quick questions that people sent in. Yeah, uh, I told you the first one, which is why why do they got big noses? Uh, that yeah. came from Haunted Pickers. He asked that question. Um, so basically, they're just goblin, elves, fairy creature things. <laughs> and that's why they got a big nose. Well, goblin, yeah, not? leprechaun. I mean, leprechauns almost yeah. always have... Well, the leprechaun I'm, I'm basing it off of has uh, <laughs> the <Yeah>. big nose. <laughs> uh, and then we had another one that came from um, Greg from All the Weird, uh, host of Cryptocasters. Um, which I'll be attending and I'll be a guest on February 4th to talk about the woo when it comes to Bigfoot. Uh, so look out for that. Follow Greg. Um, <laughs> uh, but his question was, are there any Bigfoot sightings in Mexico? Okay. Now there are two, there are two, I'm not going to go break down cause I want to, I want us to do, uh, I want us to do like a Bigfoot creatures outside of the U S. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> We had uh, Ainsley of Sydney Spooks. She had brought up the Australian Yowie. So we'll bring up the Yowie. We'll bring up these ones more, these Mexican Bigfoot more into that whole Bigfoot mm-hmm. of the world episode. But we do have Bigfoots and their name. The name are, the name are, the names are <laughs> <laughs> the Cuatlacas, which is just the Mexican Bigfoot, the Olmec Ape, okay. and the Forest Guardian. And then there's another one called the uh, Sisimite, which is another Bigfoot-like creature. Oh, those are both on the list that you sent me. Yeah, Guatlacas okay. and the, the Sisimite. Okay. And those are both. One is more <clears throat> upright. I think the Sisimite is kind of does that. I don't know if you heard of like the spider crawl that Bigfoot does when they drop down real low mm-hmm. on all fours. No, but I the sissimite. Well, the sissimite does that every now okay. and then. He'll drop down real low on the floor. Well, I'm excited uh, to hear all the different like versions of or different regions Bigfoot. And- yeah. Uh, so yes, Greg, we we do. Mexico does have uh, Bigfoot sightings, and we will definitely cover that because there is a lot to share. I'm angry things. you said Greg. Like you mad at him for asking <laughs> that so, question? No, I, didn't, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to. I think I emphasized it too much. <laughs> um, but then we got another one from our very own Sess. Um, and she wanted us to talk about the the river and the play they do um, at the river in Mexico City for La Llorona. Okay, and, that'd be interesting. Yeah, it's it's basically this this. This play that they do, it's very kind of extravagant. You have the woman standing there and she's kind of singing the song of La Llorona and telling the story. And it's right there on the river. It's actually right near the island of the dolls mm-hmm. in Mexico. So there's, there are those two things right near each other. Nice. Yeah, but it's a really awesome play. You ride through the river and as you're riding slowly, you see this woman performing. Oh, you're actually on the river? Yeah, you can. Well, you can get off there, but you can ride along the river. It's right on the river oh, okay. where you can watch this play, which fits very well with 
uh, La Llorona being, you know, near water and yeah, and all of that. But yeah, we'll definitely, well, I think we'll go into a more of a, just like we're doing with the Bigfoot of the world, we'll do a whole woman in white or women in white yeah. episode because there are so many from like hitchhiking ghosts that is a woman in a wedding dress to mm. La Llorona and a bunch. Okay, well, I'm excited about both of those then. But yeah, so there's those. We're just going to touch on it. Sorry we didn't dive more into those things. But yeah, we just kind of wanted to share these kind of obscure Mexican cryptids and legends. Uh, we really hope that you guys enjoyed it. We are really happy to be back. Yeah, definitely. I don't know if you guys heard at the beginning of the episode, the music, the new music. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm excited to listen so, to the episode just for that. <laughs> yeah, that was really fun to make. And yeah, we're going to be back at it. We're going to do these episodes. I have already interviews lined up. We have our other episode, which is... The possession of Michael Taylor, which is a true crime kind of possession that was going to be awesome to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, yeah, like I said, interviews, more episodes. I'll be doing videos. The cat will be screaming more in, in <laughs> episodes. <laughs> but yeah, what did you think, brother man, as the I, cat? I almost, I almost hesitated because I was like, who's he talking to, me or the cat? <laughs> um. It was cool. It was fun. I mean, I'm happy to, I'm always happy to learn, you know, new cryptids or, or just stories that I've never heard before. So, yeah, yeah really Alux and was fun, and, but I think my favorite of the day was, uh, Sotabe. How do you oh, say yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. I really like yeah, that Sotabe. one. <clears throat> but it's yeah, great was, to be that back. That one was really was awesome. Good episode, I think. Yeah. I'm really excited to do this next one, the possession one. That'll be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, guys, thank you so much for listening. Thanks for sticking with us. Thanks for keeping to the people who keep liking the page, who keep downloading. Yeah. We really appreciate it. Even and when we were always, down, we were still getting, you know, followers yeah. and downloads and stuff, which is great. Yeah, we love it. We appreciate it all. <laughs> And as a cat screams more, I am gonna. We're gonna end it here. Okay. He just keeps screaming. He just keeps saying hello. <laughs> uh, don't forget to ask questions and face your fears. Thanks for joining us on Induced Fear. Bye.